This call is now being recorded. Welcome to Kid Missing Radio. <clears throat> I am your host, Angelina Wilson, and I am here with Jeff Highsmith, the brother of Melissa Highsmith. Melissa was kidnapped by a woman calling herself Ruth Johnson on the 23rd of August, 1971, in Fort Worth, Texas. And Sloan was supposed to be a babysitter. Supposedly took care of other kids. Well, she picked Melissa up along with a little dress and a little pair of shoes and never returned her. Two days ago was the 50th anniversary. Um, what can you tell us? Thank you for joining us, by the way. What can you Thank tell you. us about, I know you're much younger, um, but what can you tell us about what you've been told about that day Yep, sure. So uh, I have three other sisters. They're all older. Uh, Melissa was born in 1969, uh, and so all my other three sisters and myself, we always grew up knowing about about our sister's case and about how she was taken. Uh, so Becky, the oldest sister of the three, is born in '75, and then '76, and then '78, and I was born in 1980. And so uh, our whole life, we've uh, my parents didn't talk about it much just here and there, but we've always known and it's been on, you know, uh, public information. So with the computer age, we were able to go online and kind of see the stories that were out there. And, uh, my, uh, I've been very interested in my whole life. My, you know, you, you just kind of move on after so long, just, you know, after the decades roll, roll and roll and there's really nothing you can do about it. You just kind of move on with your life. And I've never been able to just let it go. I've just always, you know, kind of been an itch that I had to scratch. I just could never get past it. And so I've always uh, researched. I've always did everything I could within my means to try to find what, what happened. And uh, there was a couple years, for the last 10 years, I just kind of let it go. And I said, look, I... I can't do nothing. I just got tired of fighting, tired of trying. And, uh, but what we've been told was, uh, my mother and father had, had, had split. They were separated. My father was in Illinois and my mother was in, uh, East Fort Worth and gotten a, gotten an apartment with her, with her roommate, uh, from, from high school. And so they were living together. My mom was working as a waitress uh, at a at a, a, a restaurant downtown Fort Worth, and uh, she put an ad in the newspaper, and also um, an ad in the apartment complex where she was at. She needed a babysitter, and so um, just two days later, somebody responded and called. And they called her while she was at work. And um, the person that called uh, said it was Ruth Johnson and that they uh, wanted the job and that they would be able to meet at her uh, restaurant to for an interview. Well, the lady never showed up and um, called the next day. And uh, 
the lady said, look, I'm sorry. I, you know, I got into a car accident and, but I really want the job. I have kids of my own at home and uh, we have a big playground with a pool. And I think your daughter would, would have, you know, be really comfortable there. And my mom just kind of believed what this lady was selling. And she said, okay, well, you know, Melissa's at home with my roommate. Um, and you can go pick her up from there. And so she called the roommate and said, hey, there's a lady that's going to come by and pick up Melissa. She's going to drop her back off at four. And uh, my mom never got a phone number or an address where Melissa would be at. And she said it was probably just her biggest regret, her biggest mistake that she's ever had in her life. She just was so naive and to thinking that, you know, people wouldn't do something like that, that she could trust somebody. Um, and um, that was it. Uh, so we, for a long time, we always thought, us kids, we always thought the roommate was our was my mom's uh, cousin, and it wasn't till three years ago that we really found out it was it was her her uh, friend from high school, and we tried to track her down uh, for about me and my wife tried to locate her for five or six years, and we finally found her, and we sent her multiple emails, we sent her a letter to her home, we tried to call her phone number, and we just kept on getting. Um, no response at all until about about a year ago. We finally got a hold of her, and we she was able to meet with us. And yeah. what she had provided for us, the information she had provided for us, had never been known to the family. She gave us a lot of more information that had never been known. And what she and this is a recount of her story. Her name is Carol Key. Uh, her her yes, response. Yes, I I read her post on the group. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. And so she explained a lot more than what we ever knew. And right right around the same time that we did that uh, meeting with with Carol, they had breakfast with Carol. Uh, we did a we did a podcast uh, called Gone Cold, and uh, this this guy has couple hundred thousand followers and and we didn't think anything of it. he just wanted to hear our story and so we told them a story that we had and about Melissa all the facts that we did know and it was probably about two weeks later we got a phone call from from the uh, Vincent Strange the guy that does the podcast he said look he said there's this lady that wants to talk to you she thinks that her cousin is your is your sister and so we're like wow that's that's really interesting. Okay, um, and so we met yeah. with the cousin. Uh, yeah, we were just, you know, we we've kind of learned. You know, there's been two other ladies in the past that came forward and said they were our sister, and DNA said no. So we're yeah. like, well, we we don't get our hopes up. We're like, okay, we'll meet with you. That's fine. Um, so we met with this lady. Uh, her name is Sandra. She was the cousin of this lady that said she's my sister, and. She said her whole life, she lived with um, her her blood aunt and her aunt's husband, which would be her uncle by marriage. And uh, for a couple from the, from the time she was like nine years old until she was about fifteen, she lived with this, with her aunt and uncle. And she said there was a lot of strange and unique circumstances 
uh, one of those being is she said that, that he lived at the same apartment complex as my mom did whenever Melissa was taken. And so that's what really got me interested and really said, okay, now I want to talk to you. Um, now I'm interested. And I'm not going to say yeah. the guy's name because no. he's still under, uh, because we don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to say his name because no. I don't want to interfere with any investigation that might be happening. But, no, uh, I agree. But uh, so the more that we investigated this guy, um, the more we found a reason to look, to dig deeper. Uh, for instance, um, this girl's uncle, uh, as of today, owns about 60 properties throughout in the entire state of Fort Worth, uh, the state of Texas. And they're spread out all over the state of Texas. Wow. Uh, and uh, they're, they're not... Their, uh, their properties aren't very valuable. They're not uh, high in value. Uh, he owns dozens of cars that he pays license, pays yearly uh, registration every year on it. It's odd, and he's not. He doesn't sell cars. He doesn't have a dealer license. That was odd. Um, he's still alive in this living in this area. He owns a business in this area, uh, and so. I contacted him on the phone and I portrayed myself as somebody else to right. just to get a verification that he did live at those apartment complexes. And uh, so when I called him, I, I, I made a rookie mistake and I, I did not. I used my own cell phone. <laughs> I'm like, uh, so I called him and I said, hey, Sorry, this is Detective Sir. Yeah, I know. I should. I. I didn't. I don't know why. I didn't know why. I. I just was wasn't thinking. And so, I said, "This is Detective So and So, and we're just following up a lead, and we need to confirm that you lived at this apartment at this time." And without hesitation, without hesitation, oh yeah, I lived there at that time. Yeah, I said, "Okay, that's all we need to know." I really appreciate your time, and and it was probably maybe five minutes. Not even. It was at least five minutes. He called back and uh, he said, "Is Jeff Heisman there?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, uh, he n no. Well, uh, he stepped out of the office." <laughs> uh, he's like, "Well, tell him I just remembered I never lived there." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Now you just told me five minutes ago you were certain yeah. without hesitation. Oh yeah, I definitely lived. Oh, I lived there. Okay. I just remembered I never lived there. Eh, I think they're lying, but okay." All right. I think well, so. <laughs> so a couple months go by, and it just bugged me. What you know? Cause I knew he was lying, and I was talking to my wife about it. And I remember we were driving down the road. I think we were uh, driving to a friend's house, and and I was I was replaying the conversation to my wife, and I said, and it like a light bulb went off my in my head, and I said, wait a second, baby, wait a whoa, whoa, whoa. He called me Jeff Heisman. She's like, well, that is your name. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I called him from my phone. She's like, well, yeah, your name is Jeff, and called him from your phone. I said, sweetie, the phone is still in your maiden name. It's still oh. right. Yeah, it's still your maiden name's number. So if he would have seen the caller ID, 
he would have not seen Highsmith. He would have seen your maiden name. And my wife doesn't have a Facebook account, so it's not like he could have linked us together. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, well, that's odd because usually when people call me from cell phones, it doesn't show the name unless the name is in my phone. It will just well, show a number. Yeah, I, I've noticed in some phones uh, I don't have their number stored and I, they'll, their name will pop up sometimes. Sometimes. It uh, will on the house phone, but not on my cell phone. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what cell phone you have. I have it could an iPhone, be. So. Okay. Yeah, we have an Android. Like, I don't know. Uh, that just that really threw me off. And I said, "Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on." And uh, yeah. so, so now I said, "Okay, now I want to meet this lady. And now I want to meet this lady because all these red flags are going off." I'm like, "Okay, hold on." Hold on. And so yeah, I met this lady. And I, I, I don't want to give her name out, but I met this lady, and uh, she looked just like my mom. She had the hips and thighs, high, high cheekbones, the brown hair. Uh, looked like her daughters looked like my sisters, uh, very similar. Uh, and so we were, we were very intrigued. Like, Wait a second! So we got to talk for. And I convinced her uh, to give us a DNA test, and she agreed to do a DNA with me. And I told her, I said, I think you're my sister. Um, we didn't let her know because her cousin and her are not um, and on speaking terms, that we didn't let her know how we, you know, came about that conclusion. Uh, so was her cousin the child of the man you were talking about? Uh, by marriage, uh, no, niece by marriage. The cousin oh. is the niece by marriage of the guy I was talking okay. about. Okay. Okay. Her, yeah, her, her aunt was married to this guy, so he, he's not oh. blood related. Oh, I uh, thought he was, she was their kid. <laughs> no, no, she just lived with, with them for a couple of years because No, from no, what I'm she, talking about the lady that turned in the lead. Yeah, uh, no, she's uh, a niece, and she lived with them because her mother was, was, from what she's stating, was on drugs and was not uh, uh, able yeah. to take care of her. Uh, the so lady, though, her, yeah, <laughs> uh, the lady that we thought was my sister uh, knew that I was adopted uh, and knew that uh, her mom and dad were, according to her, um, were not taking care of her, and and uh, this guy had adopted her. And so uh, everything lined up to be her. In fact, she even had a birthmark on the back of her neck. Oh, my Like God. Melissa. So, I mean, like yeah. when she told me, you know, and she didn't even know, and I, I said on the phone, and my, my the phone was on speakerphone, and my wife was in, well, me and my wife were in the bedroom, I'm sitting on the bed, and I said, well, I said my, and this is the day before we're going to do a DNA test, and I said, you know, my, my sister would have had a birthmark, like a cherry size, a size of a cherry red birthmark on the back of her neck. She's like, well, no, I don't have that. And her daughter is like, yes, you do, Mom. And she lifted her hair and put it in the mirror, and she said, it's right. She's like, I never knew I had that. 
And so <laughs> when she said that, I started crying because oh I thought I found my sister. I thought it was her. I'm like, you, I, everything, the hips, the thighs, the, you know, the, the, it looks just like my sister's, my mom, and the birthmark and everything was lining up. But DNA said no. DNA said huh. no, uh, did not, was not a match. And, and I was pretty devastated at that point. In fact, that was last year. Yeah, that was last summer. I was. Yeah. Uh, but I think there was a reason why God brought her into our life. Uh, and so I, I said, okay. And we kind of, uh, we kind of just left it alone. And I, I, I really just wanted to give up with everything trying to look for. Her. And then, um, <laughs> And, and I just couldn't let the situation go with this guy. And so the more that I talked, be, before we did the DNA test, I talked to this lady uh, three or four hours on the phone. And she told me all about her family. For instance, uh, her sister, her adopted sister was, was bought um, from a prostitute for $3,000 wow. in a bar. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's and just horrific. It's horrific. And that's, that's just part of their family. And this guy, this guy owned, owned two bars when he was only 21 years old. And that's another big red flag because nobody owns a bar that young. No. Uh, and he doesn't come from money. So there, like, wait a second. Hold on. I, so we think, we think that this guy was a, a trafficker. Uh, Very well could we, be. It's possible. Uh, we don't know. I, I don't have any. I don't have any concrete proof. I don't have. This is all speculation. This is all just this. You know. You know, shades yeah. of gray. Just trying to put a piece puzzle together without without any any real pieces. Uh, just all here and there. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, the more that I, I, I and then I went back and we talked to this other to the cousin went back and talked to her and we told her that he was not that her cousin was not our sister but uh, we wanted to know more about her her adopted uncle and she's like well you know my sister uh, was a little bit older than me and had a lot more to say and knew a lot more and so we talked to her sister and her on the phone and her sister talked about an adoption agency that he used to frequent and that uh, he had a contact there. He, every time they drove past that, he would curse at him and that he would be very, very angry. And uh, and she always thought that was odd. And she's like, well, they did yeah. business together. Yeah, they did business together, but, you know, they're no longer, you know, they're no longer in. He he did some type of business with that with that adoption agency, and this this adoption agency what they did it's called the Edna Gladney House, and what they did was they uh, they housed uh, mothers and pregnant women to and they would house them and feed them and take care of them until they delivered their baby and they would get compensation for their babies and they would then take the babies and adopt them out to families. And Almost so, a Georgia Tan type situation, which is what I was going to ask you about. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Uh, and then some other 
facts that came out that were really interesting. Uh, so this older sister of the cousin said that there was rumors that this man was bisexual and that he used to dress in drag at times. And that uh, he, he before his aunt, he had been known to have a male partner. And, uh, and, uh, we're like, okay, well, that doesn't mean a lot to us, except, except that the roommate of my mom said that when she remembered later, she thought that maybe the kidnapper was a person dressed in drag. Uh, the kidnapper. Well, we're hoping. Uh, so the uh, the roommate, basically, when she described the kidnapper, she said, you know, it still haunts me every day. She said, I've actually been in therapy for a long time because I feel so responsible that I was the last person that gave Melissa to the kidnapper. And she's like, I feel it's my fault. I should have said something. I should have something. I should have had, you know, some type of you know, motherly instinct to, to to get, you know, to say, no, you can't have her. So she described. How come she didn't babysit her if she was at home? Well, she had to go to work as well. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, so she was, she told me that she was hungover, had been drinking the night before, was hungover. <laughs> and uh, she had a boy and he would have been about four or five. And uh, she had a babysitter. Um, and then, and I never, I never asked her why didn't Melissa go with the other. And I, I never really got got there. But uh, she said that when my mom had called and she said that this lady was going to come and pick up Melissa, that it was probably about eight o'clock in the morning, and uh, and that she had. He got up and was had a hangover, and when she met the kidnapper, the kidnapper was tall, uh, was in like a white nurse's uniform with, with, uh, with the with the and this is the middle of August, the end of August, with the white gloves on, the dark shaped sunglasses, with the scarf around the neck, um, you know, with the bonnet, you know, with with the scarf around the neck, around the around the head, the you know, the ears and everything. Because it was just, oh, it was yeah. just odd. Yeah, it was just, it was just odd. Uh, I had the I, white I shoes and, about. right. So she had a nursing uniform on. Yes, yes, that's what uh, Carol had said. Uh, and so, and it a is very interesting. on her car. So her car made some noise. <laughs> she oh. said there was a loose muffler yep. on her car. So it, yes. She didn't happen to see what kind of car or what color. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, um, uh, it was a, like, she said it was like a, 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 a 67, um, a Lincoln Road, uh, I have it in my notes. Uh, I should have memorized that. Um, she did say, uh, what kind of car it was. And we have that in our, in our file. Uh, and I can't remember, uh, what it was. I guess I should have been better prepared to get that. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, and a nurse's yep. uniform. Just writing that down because I will do a video about this case after. My YouTube reaches a lot more people. Okay, um, sure. 
And what I can do for you is I have a friend with another podcast that I was actually on um, called Deep Dark Truth. Her name is Mo. And um, okay. I can put you in contact with her. Okay. Um, if you friend me, because you don't have a friend button, um, I can put you in contact with her. Um, I'll send her a message because Deep Dark Truth has hundreds of thousands of followers. Okay. If anybody can get okay. this out there to a huge audience, it's definitely them. Okay. That would be so, great. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Um, she said when the lady had came in uh, that, you know, Melissa was still in a diaper and that's it. And she's like, and she would has had like um, chocolate on her face and was kind of dirty around her, her chest area. And, and she's <laughs> like, okay. Of yeah. Just to be a baby. Yeah, she, <laughs> right. She's a two year old baby, a dirty baby with diaper. And it's just, she had to change the diaper and just clean her up. And she's like, you're welcome to come in. And she's like, the lady was following her around the apartment. And it was really, she said it was really weird. It was a, a weird creepy. vibe. It's creepy. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, and I so saw she's a like, sketch of the lady. Right. And even the, the sketch. I don't know if you've ever seen the British show Mrs. Brown's Boys, where Mrs. Brown is actually a guy. But that's what it reminded me of. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we 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 were told by the roommate that um, the roommate said, "Oh, you don't have to change your clothes. It's okay. I have clothes at home." And she's like, "I'm gonna put clothes on her. I'm gonna give her." A, and no, it's just pretty important. And she's like, "It was just yeah. odd that she was trying to rush her to get her to get the baby." And she yeah. uh, said that. Oh, your four-year-old, you know, if I could take him too and he'd be so great, you know, be at my house. We have lots of kids. And she's like, no, 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 no. I have a babysitter. Don't don't worry about it. And she, like, insisted. She's like, well, Melissa would, would be comfortable with him around and it'd be okay. And she's like, no, no, thank you. It's okay. I have a, I have a babysitter. How come and you so, didn't just ask her babysitter? Well, you said you don't know why they didn't ask her babysitter to just watch my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, and it could be that. That the you know there was no there was no room they didn't they didn't want to take out another kid you know I I I, had, I don't okay. know I never I never really asked I guess that's kind of an important question but uh, <laughs> this yeah, is sounding so, more like a Georgia tan type situation isn't it like a it is broker yep exactly and, and so then, like your mother um, who was young single mother at the time was she was twenty was years old target. yeah right. Well, so we never knew that. I'm sorry. I did. They were the targets they looked for. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, we never knew that. Um, prior to uh, meeting Carol, my wife and I met Carol. We never, never knew that my mom had put up flyers in the apartment complex. We always knew it was on. It was on, you know, um, through the Star Telegram. Um, but we never knew on the apartment. And so, um, Carol said that after the lady left that she heard her trying to crank up the car, it wouldn't start. And, uh, she remembers just something when she lay down, she couldn't go back to sleep because it was just a weird situation. She said she got up and seen that the, the car wouldn't start and she was about to go down and then it started and she took off. 
And she said she just never had peace about it. She always felt it was really weird. And the only, you know, composite we had is from what the roommate had said, what they had given. Mm. And so we've lived that with that our whole life. Well, when I, when I got photos of this guy that, um, we've been, we had been investigating, I had, uh, I did a side-by-side photo of him when he was in his 20s next to the composite, and a cold chill went down my spine, and the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up because it was spot on with the eyes, the cheekbones, the nose, the mouth was just identical. And it almost like it stopped me in my tracks, and I I, I almost had a small panic attack because it was so spot on. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it, it was scary. <laughs> like, it was kind of scary. And I sent yeah. it to my wife, and she's like, oh, my God. This is this is crazy. Well, yeah. we, uh, we've been sitting on that for, you know, four or five months, and we didn't really know how to approach it. Finally, I, I decided to call the FBI. And... Uh, you know, I left a voicemail at the FBI, and it was on the phone for it's waiting. And finally, I got, you know, passed through two, to, two, two different, you know, phone numbers, and then uh, I left a voicemail. And about a week later, I got a call from the FBI agent, and we talked on the phone for about 45 minutes. And I kind of gave him all the facts that, from what we found out about this guy and about what we know. And... um and he said, "Okay." He said, "We'll we'll be in touch, and we'll we'll um, we'll see what, what 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 happens." We never heard back from him. I still haven't heard back from him. Oh. However, um, he hey. did con. Yeah, he contacted the Fort Worth Police Department. The Fort Worth Police Department called me. This is probably about four months ago. They called me, and they wanted to hear what I had to say and what we had found. And I said, look, and at the, at the end of this interview, like after we had done explained, every, I explained everything to him, I said, look, I said, I know I don't have any concrete proof. I don't have any evidence. I don't have any facts to back up my speculations. And I said, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping for anything. And he said, well, uh, you have enough to what we think is, is, is a probable cause to look. He said, no, I don't have any facts or evidence. He said, but what you're telling me, everything you're telling me, raises an eyebrow. And so um, they couldn't confirm or deny that they opened the investigation. However, mm-hmm. they came and got my mother's and father's name. My father's in Chicago and my mother's down here. She lives with us. And they came and got both of their DNA. And they she said, lives that, with you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah my wife and I uh, um, had her move in with us. <coughs> But, uh, so was the second so, husband passed on? Uh, no, uh, he reunited with my dad after he was taken. And um, oh no, I'm sorry, uh, her second husband, uh, they got a divorce. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, her second husband got a divorce, and they've been divorced about quite a few years now. And so okay. he just lives with us. Um, but. Uh, we, we think that the Fort Worth Police Department reopened the investigation. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, 
Well, I know that they we reopened did. it in 2005. Supposedly yes. after a tip was called into the news station. Do you know what that was? We don't know. Well, we, well, we do now, yes. Uh, in fact, it, we didn't know back then because we never got to meet. The lady, the cousin, yeah. she was the lady that called in in 2005 because she said, I'm convinced this my my cousin is this, guy's, this, this, this person's family member. And oh. she called everybody in the police and called everybody, and and they reopened it, and nothing really it came out. It shouldn't closed in the first place. This is a, a missing baby who likely yeah. is alive somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. She should be 52. Uh, this November, it should be 52, 53, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so... Uh, well, I'm 47. That would make me a year older than... Your next, the next sister after her. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so Becky, I think, was born in 75, if I'm not mistaken. But she was born in 74, but you would know better oh, than be. I would, so. No, you're probably right. It's probably 74, and then back to Vicky is 75, and Sharon's 78. Yes, that's probably right. But, um. Yeah, I thought she was the same age as me. <laughs> okay, yep. Is there actually a show uh, on nine, September 9th, 10th? Birthday will be Becky's birthday. Uh, oh. Should be forty-seven. Mine I was think? August fourth. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Mine was August fourth. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, happy with the weighted birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, hope that you will um, definitely download your DNA raw data and upload it to those places. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. We're, uh, my wife and I are going to do that. Yep. Um, all you have to do is hit settings under DNA and. and I implore everybody listening to do that, especially Jed Match, because that's the one the police use. Okay. Um, I I just think it's so important. We did it, and as I told you in Messenger, we found my mother's father. She really oh, wow. someone was her father. And when we did the DNA testing, at first we're like, well, this last name was her great-grandmother's maiden name, so we didn't think anything of it. Then we looked at the number of markers of CMs, and we're like, wow, well, that's not to do with her great, great, well, it turns out that it was technically the same family, because my grandmother and my mother's father were actually eight cousins, as if that matters, wow. but that's why the last name was the same. Okay. That's why the last wow. name was my mother's great-grandmother's last name, which that is what sense. had her confused yep. when she first saw the match. She's like, what the... And then we wow. saw pictures of her sisters. You would have sworn that her sister Josephine was my mother in her teenage picture. Okay. So yeah, that's why so I asked that, her that's, sister because right. that that match was absolutely crazy. We had goosebumps. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, I am I, I am a praying man, and I think it might have been in in January. I was in prayer one day, and and my whole life. Our entire life, I've always prayed, God, please bring her back into my family and restore our family back together. Lord, we know, I know that she's alive. Please bring her back into our family. And I've just prayed and prayed and prayed that. And I remember in prayer one day, it was right before my birthday. And my birthday is January 28th. I remember it was before then. I was in prayer and I felt God tell me, look, look, I, I know that she's alive. I know the hairs that are on her head. 
and I need you to stop begging me because my children don't beg. And <laughs> he said, I need you to start thanking me for finding her because I know where she's at at this very moment. And uh, yep. I said, okay. That he does. And yes, he does. And from this, from that moment on, I said, okay, God, I'm just going to praise you because I know you're going to bring her back. I believe in God. And when he, I believe when God speaks to your heart that he will fulfill what he says. And if God yeah, says he's going to bring her yeah. back into our family, I believe that. Yeah. And that's what my mother said too. She said, you know, God led me to, to them, led me to find Jeff's page so that you could help them. Oh, I believe that. That's so awesome. I really believe that. That's what she told me. Did you say yeah. you were born January 28th, 1980? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. My best, one of my best, best friends was born January 29th, 1980. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> when you said wow. that, I was like, wait a minute. That's a baby Wait a second here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Oh. Uh, my wife and I have both been feeling within the last couple of months, we, we've been, you know, we've, we felt something's about to break. We just, we just feel it in our gut. We feel like we're just on the verge of, of a breakthrough and we're going to find her. You know, we just, I can't explain it. I mean, I mean, you probably, you probably can understand that with your family. I mean, you probably felt it before you guys finally found your, your father, mother's father. Um, yeah. I mean, we had no idea because she had been told this other guy from this well-to-do family was her father because mm -hmm. The guy's mother had paid my grandmother to go away because she thought my mother was. Wow. And, of course, back in the 50s, to have a child out of wedlock, especially yeah. if. Right. That was that was a big. Uh, yeah. Difference. So. Yeah. They would uh, like to keep it quiet, especially if you. If the suspected grandmother is. The first cousin of L.L. Bean, you know. <laughs> wow. Yep. You got to keep that yeah. quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's you gotta, why she paid. Definitely. She paid another mother to go away too. Oh, that's so, sad. But it turns out that wasn't my mother's father. Wow. But we were thrilled, even though he had already passed away. We were thrilled. We ended. I ended up with an uncle and three more aunts. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it is, and I want other yeah, people we, to feel that joy. Right. Yeah, we we feel like that. You know, she's alive and probably has children of her own, has grandchildren, and and you know, and and when we do meet, because I know we're going to finally meet her, it's just going to be such a a shock because she was probably loved and has probably had a beautiful family, and and her parents probably really loved her, and her whole life is going to be a lie, and so uh, it, and gonna it's going to be. It's going to be My tough. mother said that, too. She said yep. she probably grew up in a loving family. Yep, and probably. it's going to offend her a little bit when she finds out. Yep. But DNA uh, has a way of telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked to the – when the detective talked to me, he said that um, – he said they were very interested in the case and that, that they were looking into it again. And I said, are you guys reopening the case? He was like, well, I can't confirm or deny that. He said, but we're very interested in what's going on and what you had to tell us. And – all these facts that you're giving us. He said, well, what I can tell you is whenever we do the DNA test with your parents, uh, and now we had DNA on file with the National Exploited Missing Children, and so their, their DNA was on file mm -hmm. already. And I explained that to the, to the detective, and he said, well, 
he said, well, we're using federal, like a federal system where um, if if her or any of her offspring have ever, you know, been, you know, had to apply for any any type of federal anything with DNA, it's going to immediately pull up right away, like immediately right now. I uh, said, it's not just the yeah, same sex as all across. Right? Yes. CODIS, right? Yeah. Yep. And so they said it'd be a national database where their DNA, your DNA will pop up immediately if there's any anything. And so that's great. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And it so is. we're uh, we're where we we really think we're right there on the verge of just finding Melissa and bringing her home. And you know we've I've dreamt about it my whole life. I've 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 had visions of it and of us meeting together and and prayer and believing and I, I just I don't believe that it's 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 all for nothing. I think it's really gonna happen. I really believe it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, listening to you talk about dreaming about it and stuff <coughs> made me think of something um from my own life. In your case I can relate to in a way because I have known all my life, just like you've known all your life, that you have a sister. I've known that all my life, too. I have a half-sister. I've never met her. Oh, wow. Wow. I used to sit in the car as a kid on our rides and just daydream about meeting her, because I was the only child. Okay. Yep. So so I get it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a missing part. It's not whole yet. You know, and you just—it's—it's it's not complete. And right, so, my father yeah. passed away. You know, and he was married for a very short time before he was married to my mother for forty-five years. Wow! <laughs> and wow. they had a daughter, and he couldn't get her, her, and they wouldn't have let him anyway in the sixties. So, oh but, yeah, um, he's passed on now, and I just feel like. And I've had so many health problems. I just feel like one of the things that she needs to know is her medical history. So. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, I, I'm, we're going to pray that you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my my family will be praying that you get that restoration in your family as well, and you can find yeah. her. He never wanted to be rejected, so he didn't go looking. But he said, I would never reject her. She came to my door, right. I would hug her. And my mother said, you know what? She'd be another daughter to me. Right. Wow. That's amazing. So that was never an issue. I was told my whole life it wasn't kept from me. So yeah. I think that's important, too, not to keep as, as much pain as I know it causes your mother. I almost yeah, cried we- listening to her crying in that interview, talking about what a terrible mother she was. She wasn't a terrible yeah. mother. It was a different she was, time she was a kid. period. Yep, she was a kid. And it was a different time period. Yep, it's so true. Yeah, you know, and we... you wouldn't put that in the paper, probably. Although, I no. say that, but no. people get, get um, babysitters off the internet, for gosh sake. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, we have yeah. No. <laughs> we we lost sleep for about seven minutes in a Walmart, uh, and my my uh, my wife and I just had a, almost you know had a panic attack and were screaming at the top of my lungs, locked down the store, and running around like 
you know, like a, a madman, locked down the store, towed at him. A uh, Levi. Levi. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, he Is was hiding. He, no, I have an, uh, 18 year old with, a uh, with a previous relationship. And he's in Michigan. Oh. It's, uh, oh. yeah, he, that's Nathaniel. And, uh, they're both great oh, kids. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, he's, he's a good, he's a good kid. And, um, but after oh, Levi was two, like... we, uh, we said, oh, I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> yeah. Then. yeah. Well, I heard Levi talking earlier, and then I heard the dog talking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Um, if you have any information about this case, or even think you may be Melissa, you can call the Fort Worth Police Department at 1-817-335-4222. That's 1-817-335-4222. Is that still the correct number? Yes, ma'am. Yep. Or NICNIC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. 1-800-THE-LOST. Yep. I, I guess one thing I, I would want to say is if, if uh, uh, Melissa would have had a uh, a cherry, a, a birthmark on the back of the neck, size of a cherry, and <laughs> so... Uh, more than likely, uh, she would have hips and thighs like my mom and sisters. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yep, they're that's just, funny. uh, yep, just, that's, that's the way they're built. And so if, if that kind of describes who you might think or, um, please go on our Facebook page, help find Melissa uh, Hyseth and yep. like our page, share her photos. Diane, sorry about yeah. that. No, that's so that's quite okay. My, my mother uh, is kind of my mother's kind of an invalid, so the house phone was ringing, so I had to Oh, no worries. <laughs> so I'm sorry. No no problem at all. Uh help find Melissa Highsmith on Facebook. Please like our page, yes. share I with your friends. I'll link to that in the description to the show. Thank you when I so much. I just yep. have to go Thank on and so download the show. And oh, uh you know welcome. maybe yeah, may the Lord bless you, you and yeah. Yes, and I will get you in touch with Mo. Um, okay. Your phone number will come up on my my Google, even though my Google number comes up when you call me. Do you want okay. me to give her that? Sure. Yep. Uh, that's not a problem. Okay. Uh, yep. She can reach me anytime. Sweet girl. Yeah. Okay. She did um, Boy in the Box with um, oh, Tim okay. Hoffman and I. Okay. Um, All right, and I'll go ahead and... and, and very hard on that case. So, right, okay. Yeah, I will. then I will give her that number, and I will message you with the link so that you can put it on the group. I put the poster in the group, by the way. Okay, yes. So, yes thank you. I'm glad you liked thank it. You. Yes, I'm glad ma'am. you liked it. I make those for every case that I do. And matter of fact, tonight, <clears throat> I have to do write all my videos for September... I do it Monday and Wednesday, usually this week. I push the Wednesday back to Thursday so I could do this. Excuse me. And um, I write them once a month, and I make all the posters Wow. that I put That's up awesome. next to me when I do the videos. I'll send you a link to the, to the YouTube. Okay, awesome. Um, but I started doing this because of a little girl that disappeared when I was a little girl. Because wow. it kind of, you know, when, yeah, I was 11, she was 9. She was from only 40 miles away. 
And that's scary wow. when you're a little kid and you think, well, I live in the woods. What could happen to me? Huh? You yeah. know? Wow. So, and I never forgot Sarah. And she was the reason I started doing all of this. You're doing the Lord's work, I tell you. I really believe that. Everybody tells me that. And, yeah. and I <laughs> fervently believe in him. So couldn't do it yes. without him. Right. Absolutely. So, Thank you so much for joining me. Thank and you. And thank everybody that is listening or will listen because I have to upload it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to when I did blog talk, it was live. But this is Oh, awesome. okay. Yep. But it's a much wider range because it's on Spotify and it's on Apple Podcasts. And nice. Nice. <laughs> and actually, it was Mo that got me over on Anchor. Oh, very cool. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. I was thrilled by that, um, by her help and her encouragement. Um, and, again, I will put a link to the Facebook group in the description of the show. Um, you've been amazing. You've done exactly hey, what I like people you. to do, which is the family talks. The family tells about the victim, makes the victim a real person. You know, talking about yep. her covered in chocolate and stuff, it makes her a real person. Yep, right. Yeah. And I like that. I want, just like when I do genealogy, I want to find personal stories about the people to make them real. Same thing applies with this. Right, Isn't exactly. You want exactly. them to be real people. Understand. More people will be interested if they're a real person. Right, exactly. I believe that. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but again, thank you for joining me. Um, thank you. Thank you all for listening. God bless you. Have a great evening, everyone, and you, of course. All right. I and, appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much, ma'am. You're very welcome. All right. I feel so right. old. Call me, ma'am. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.